0: This is a message from Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. We pray that it will encourage you in your walk of faith. If you would like to learn more about Dr. Youssef or Leading the Way, please visit ltw.org. When King Solomon uses the term under the sun in the book of Ecclesiastes, he is referring to a life without God. Whenever you hear the term under the sun, he is talking about a life that is lived in this life without God. In fact, the book of Ecclesiastes, King Solomon's, repeats those words under the sun so many times. I didn't count them. And he's basically saying this, that there is nothing new under the sun. Everything that scientists discovered has always been there. There is monotony and there is boredom under the sun. He said life is really empty under the sun. He said life is meaningless when you live it under the sun. Because under the sun in the Bible is a euphemism, as I told you, of a life that is lived without God, but a life that is lived with God and in fellowship with God and under the authority of God, it is a life that is lived above the sun so that everyone who has ever been born and ever will be born, every human being can live either under the sun or above the sun. Every human being that was ever born and will ever be born, they either experience meaninglessness in life and emptiness and uh, boredom because they live it without God under the sun, or they can experience it as fulfilling and joyful and exciting life because they live it above the sun with God. The book of Ecclesiastes is really a great book because it just puts things together. Think of the average person in the average home in this land or any land, and and just think of that individual waking up in the morning, beating everybody into the shower. so he can get ready for work, and then get on the road and beat the traffic so they can get to work on time, and then they go under work all day and, and work hard, and then get in the car and beat the traffic on the way back so you can get home and can eat and sit down watch television or whatever they do so they can get to bed earlier so they can get up early in the morning so that they can beat everyone to the shower so that they can beat the traffic and the life just goes on and on and on like that and Solomon said that is life under the sun that is exactly what life under the sun is all about as many of you know before the church of the apostles I had the privilege of being involved in another ministry that Caused me to travel a great deal. But I never like travel. I travel too much, my wife will probably say much too much. <laughs> but I am just not a tourist and a sightseer. I've been to India several times, I've never seen the Taj Mahal. <laughs> I've been to different parts of the world and I've just never seen the tourist sites. Things that people travel long distance to see. And the, the truth is, I I've never even seen all the Egyptian stuff, you know, that people go and see, until a few years ago when I had to go with some friends from Atlanta. <laughs> but I'm a people watcher, and I, and I listen carefully, and I watch carefully. And, and what I hear people saying in the lobbies of hotels and in the airport lounges and in, on planes, and I would hear them talk how they are going from one exotic place to the next— Looking for something that they can 't find <laughs> I mean, I listen to the language of emptiness. I listen to the language of boredom and, and meaninglessness. I listen to the language of how they think that they 're going to get it, whatever it is, on the next trip. Uh, they will get it in the next hotel experience. they will get it in the next resort, or they 're going to get it in the next experience, so they 're going to get it. But life is so empty because they can never find it, whatever it was. And their search ends up with disappointment. Ends up with disappointment. Why? Because they live their lives where? I always think of a story of how there was a tour group that was touring Italy, and there were two women who were standing there looking at Mount Vesuvius, and they looked at the hot red a lava spewing out. And one woman looked at the other and said, look at this, look at this. It just looks like hell. And there were two Italian guys who were standing by. One looked at the other and he said, man alive. He said, these Americans, they've been everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> King Solomon... Describes himself as a searcher. Some translations says preacher. Other translations said teacher. But to be exactly accurate, it means searcher is a person who goes out on a search. Well, I guess that's what a teacher and a preacher does, and then comes back and presents his findings. And so he was a searcher. He's the one who went out on a search, looking, and then he gave us his findings. And so he begins his book of Ecclesiastes with the conclusion that he had reached as a result of his search. He begins with the conclusion. Now, some of your translations begin by saying, vanity, vanity, all is vanity. Again, that is not an accurate translation. It's an old English word, and it's not like your vanity mirror or or like what you have experienced this morning, looking at yourself for several hours in the mirror, admiring yourself, and it's not that kind of vanity. And the NIV did a better job in translating this and saying emptiness. That's reality. emptiness, futility. It is meaninglessness. It's like a puff. You know how kids used to blow bubble, and, and the bubble comes out, and then gets bigger and bigger, and then. Gone. That's really literally what it means emptiness. And emptiness is what Solomon's search has brought him to conclude about life, which is lived where? (laughs) And he said that there was not a thing, there was not a pleasure, not a relationship, nothing has an enduring value. He found nothing to bring about true contentment and satisfaction in life. Nothing. The great novelist uh, Leon Tolstoy, when he was in his 40s, he was rich, and he was healthy, and he was famous, and he was happily married. And he testified that these pleasures in life gave him no reason to either praise God or lasting fulfillment. In fact, that's what he had written. He said, a strange condition of mental torpor began to grow upon me. The same questions continuously presented themselves to me. Why? What afterward? My life had come to a single stop. I could breathe, I could eat, I could drink, I could sleep. Indeed, I could not help but do so. But there is no real life in me. Life had no meaning for me. Why? Because he lived his life where? <laughs> now, there are some people who think that Solomon wrote this book of Ecclesiastes when he was an old and bitter but I am convinced that is not the case. I'm convinced that he wrote this book when he was going through his midlife crisis. And I tell you, with 700 wives, no doubt in my mind that he experienced midlife crisis. Now, I hear people talk about midlife crisis, uh, both among men and women. Apparently what happened, that somewhere in the 40s and the 50s, people begin to question and wonder about What they're missing out on and and the endless activities of life. And, you know, it's like the man who was going through his midlife crisis and he was wearing this T-shirt that says, I am getting revenge. I'm going to live long enough to be a problem for my kids. (laughs) But there is no doubt, from my experience at least, that there is a time when men begin to wonder about life's endless activities. Uh, and they wonder why this endless activity is in trying to make things happen. And I'm sure also women feel the same way as they live under the sun, and they begin to think, man, I'm covered up with washing and cleaning and cooking and, and driving carpool. And they wonder about these seemingly endless activities in their life. And Solomon stops in the middle of life, and he begins to say to us as he looks at these endless, monotonous activities in life and says, let me warn you about life. Where? And then he goes on to say, and then what? After all this endless, monotonous activities, and on and on and on, and then what? He said, you know, people get born and they live and then they die. One generation comes, another generation goes. And then he looks at creation. He looks at the sun, at the moon and the stars, and he looks at the mountains and the rivers and the oceans, and they seem to be constant. And he says to himself, "Those things keep on keeping on, but people come and go. They are constant, but people are not. In fact, you can sense that he's becoming irritated, (laughs) if you read it carefully. He's irritated with this fact, and then he says it should be the reverse. Things and nature should come and go, but people should go on forever. Why? Because at this time in his life, Solomon was living where? His father, David, warned him about that. In fact in 1st chronicles chapter 28 verse 9 his father david had warned him he said my son do not forsake the lord the god of your father and for a season in his life at least Solomon did not take heed of his father's advice and his father's counsel, and he forsook the Lord, the God of his father. And he married many unbelieving wives who have turned his heart from the living God to foreign gods. And as he tries to come back to live above the sun where God is, as he begins to rethink of what he… the mess that he made out of his life, he almost pleads with us to learn from his miserable experience, to heed the warning. And he's saying, please do not live your life under the sun where God is not. Live above the sun where God is. And he said, none of these pursuits could ever bring you happiness. It did not bring him pleasure. It did not bring him lasting satisfaction. And Here we are 3,000 years later, and we're learning the same lesson over and over and over again. Isn't that amazing? Because throughout the book of Ecclesiastes, as we're going to see as we go through the series of messages, Solomon is crying out this warning to us. He says, please, do not go where I went. Please, be forewarned about living your life under the sun. Please learn from my failing experiments. Do not make the same mistakes that I have made. Live above the sun. Live in fellowship with God. Live above the sun where you can live under the authority of God. He says, all of these temptations that you face under the sun are not worth it. Do not fall in these temptations because they are not worth it at the end. All of what you will pursue under the sun will bring you nothing but emptiness and monotony and disappointment in life. Oh, but life lived above the sun where God is. A life that is lived in fellowship with God. A life that is lived under the authority of the Word of God. A life that is lived by the principles that are in the Word of God. He said that life will be meaningful. That life is purposeful. That life is fulfilling. That life is joyful. That life is full of contentment. That life will be a blessing to you. That life will be a blessing to others. That life will be a blessing to God. So what's down under the sun? He said emptiness, monotony, meaninglessness, and lack of fulfillment. How and why? I said because the fact is the I can never be satisfied. They want to see more and more and more and more. The more you see, the more you want to see. And then there's no end to what you want to hear. And you hear again and again, and you want to hear some more. (laughs) Don't you think that the marketing community have read the book of Ecclesiastes? I'm convinced that they have. Why do you think you have these tabloids in the checkout counters with these sensational headlines? Because you know, the eye wanted to see it, and they want the ear wants to say, "I want to know, what's the gossip? What's the next thing? It's not because inquiring minds want to know. <laughs> it's because the eyes want to see, and the ear wants to hear. And so what they do, they jump you from one thing to the other, from Halloween pumpkins to Thanksgiving turkey, or oh, they're skipping Thanksgiving now, <laughs> to Christmas shopping, to Valentine flowers, to Easter eggs, to Memorial Day sales, to Fourth of July sales, to back-to-school sales. And they go on and on. And the next year, they do the same thing again. They bring you spring fashion, and then summer fashion, and then fall fashion, and then winter fashion. And, of course, they keep changing the fashion. So say you can't wear what you wore last year. And they keep changing it year after year after year because they know that the eye cannot get enough and the ear cannot get enough. Solomon says so, more and more and more and more, and then they go through the whole thing with meticulous precision the next year. Now, beloved, if we're all honest with ourselves and I'm ahead of the pack, we have to admit and we have to confess, all of us, I know it from first-hand experience, how easy it is, oh. how easy it is to get wrapped up in material things. How easy it is to find ourselves going from something we want, and once we've got it, the next thing it becomes a need. Have you noticed that? It goes from want to need in a very short period of time, and we can't live without it. <laughs> in all of that process, and in all of this being wrapped up in the material things, It is so easy for us to forget why and the reason why we have been placed on this planet and the purpose for living. I want you to look at verse 18. You know, when I was a boy, I memorized verse 18. I memorized it for a reason because, especially, I used this text every time my folks wanted me to do my homework. (laughs) They say to me, Have you finished your homework? I say the Bible says, <laughs> you see, I was a budding preacher, but I did not know it. <laughs> I said, the Bible says, <laughs> with an increase in knowledge, there is an increase in sorrow. <laughs> and you know what comes next. They said, the only increase in sorrow you're going to get <laughs> is by not finishing your homework. <laughs> <laughs> but it is absolutely true. The more we know, the more we know how little we know. Sir Isaac Newton, a great scientist and a believer in the Lord Jesus Christ, at the close of his life said the following. He said, I have been paddling in the shallows of a great ocean of knowledge. Now, the cry of every honest scientist. Now, the operative word here is honest. (laughs) The cry of every honest scientist scientists. is this We are merely learning tiny little bit of the vastness of God's creation. It's all there for us to learn. And the more we learn, the more we realize how vast it is. It would be something like a four-year-old kid who's got a father who's a mathematics professor, and when he comes home and the boy says, Daddy… Did you know that two plus two equals four? And the daddy pat him on the head and he said, Keep learning, keep learning. Good boy. That's how God feels about us. We're discovering all these great discoveries. But an honest person said, Man, this is barely scratching the surface of the vastness of God. And God is sort of patting us in the back. He said, Keep learning, keep learning. You will learn some more. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. For those who are living above the sun, those who are living in a personal relationship with the Son of God, they not only experience contentment in this life, but they know most assuredly that the day is coming when they will have perfect knowledge, when they have perfect bodies, when they have perfect minds, when they will have perfect memories, when they all have perfect stamina. And the reason they can live above the sun in this life is because they know who they are and whose they are. They know their purpose for living. They know their ultimate destination. And so, let me ask you this. Are you living your life under the sun? where you're experiencing emptiness, drudgery, monotony. Today, you can change directions. Today, you can begin to live above the sun and not under the sun. Today, you can begin to live a life of meaning, a life of purpose, a life of absolute assurance of your ultimate and eternal destination if that's your desire, as we pray, you can say to the Lord, Lord, I am tired of living under the sun. I want to live above the sun. And God will answer that prayer. Father, You are a great God, and You keep forewarning us, and You keep warning us, and You've given us Your Word and the experience of others whom we think that they did not experience what we want to experience, and yet in reality, this man, Solomon probably experienced what no human being ever experienced and yet he came up empty because he said life under the sun is meaningless Father I pray that if there's a single person here today who has been living under the sun without a relationship with the son of God that today be the day in which he or she will commit the life to you and come and live above the sun where they'll have meaning and purpose in life. And we thank you, Father, that you hear our prayers, because we pray them in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.